All right, welcome to the Lions Guide Podcast, where we take on topics in performance and personal growth by exploring success stories and lessons learned, interview expert guests, and review books and other resources that help us establish clarity, build courage, and lead. I'm your host, Dale Walls, founder of Lions Guide and certified high-performance coach. On today's episode, we have Mr. Jay Teagues. Jay Teagues believes that taking on difficult challenges with persistence and commitment enables people to find great success in life. He is a transitioning veteran with over 23 years of service. His mantra, do hard things, has enabled him to overcome many struggles in life to achieve success, completing difficult challenges. This shift in perspective allowed him to go from a directionless teenager who grew up in a fatherless home to a commissioned officer in the United States Army. He now shares his outlook on personal transformation as a speaker, trainer, and fellow high-performance coach. On this episode, Jay and I discuss what it means to do hard things and more. If you like the sound of that, hit the subscribe button now so you don't miss any of our other great guests and content. And now, let's start the show. All right, Jay. Welcome to the show, my man. So I got you on basically because you and I came across paths recently and I feel we kind of became fast friends, man. I think a fellow vet, you know, high performer, hard charger. And, uh, you know, it's something that I I don't know. It seemed like we tried to connect up real quick, like outside of, you know, where we met and, uh, you know, uh, fellow veteran army, 23 years of service. Thank you for your service. You know, Jesus, long time, two decades. You're an honor. Thank you. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, do it justice, man. Tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you come from. Yeah. So my name is Jay Teagues. I'm a certified high performance coach. I'm still on active duty, uh, United States army. I've been in the army for 25 years. I, I guess the long way around in my life, I came from a broken home. I joined the military enlisted. I served approximately 13 years as a combat engineer. Uh, you know, we say in the army, when you, when you cross over from enlisted to uh, the officer side, you join the dark side. And uh, so I did that and uh, I'm a captain promotable. Uh, I'll be making major. And then I've decided to uh, go ahead and call it, uh, you know, uh, very bittersweet, but I'm going to go ahead and end this part of my life and transition into coaching and consulting. And I know that's where we met as a certified high performance coaches, uh, that network. Uh, I'm an endurance athlete. I am a father, single father of triplet teenage daughters. And, um, you know, I just want to inspire and help people live a better life. And uh, that's the that's the down and dirty of who I am and what I do. Help people take command of their life so they can live a better life and add value to the world. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I think, you know, what I love referring to guys like you, like we're, we're just soldiers in the good fight, right? That it just, there's so much good that we've got to put out there to help. There's so much negativity out there, right? And we've got to get out there and like pump some of this good and, and well to be stuff out there for people to kind of consume and know, like, Hey man, it's not all doom and gloom out there. You know, you can pick yourself up, you can take yourself where you want to go. And, you know, you know, and, and you hit it. It's, it's, a lot of leadership, right? You know, uh, one of the things that I know, like, what do you, what are some of the things that you are teaching? I saw you were in two, com- two commanded two units around leadership development. Yeah. So I had the honor and uh, privilege of commanding the engineer basic officer leadership course. So I am uh, been part of the Corps of engineers, my entire life in the army and tremendous honor to be selected to be the engineer basic officer leadership commander. Every Commission officer who is branched engineer goes through this course. It's almost like their advanced individual training or their basic training, essentially. And we're baselining them. They've gotten basic leadership principles from West Point, OCS, or ROTC. But what we're doing is we're training them to be engineer leaders. And the challenge with being a Corps of Engineer officer is the breadth of knowledge that you have to learn. You have to learn, you know, combat tactics. Uh, you have to learn, you know, basics in general engineering, both vertical and horizontal. So that's like, you know, constructing a building from the ground up or the the dirt work. And they're fundamentally different. Uh, and the geospatial aspect, you know, what we we as uh, engineers are, we're the subject matter experts in mapping and understanding the terrain. And we help the maneuver commanders shape maneuver you know, through those very aspects of engineering. So we're taking these officers and baselining them in a very short amount of time to become agile, confident 
leaders because when they leave the course, you know, at, at the time of this recording, we're still doing deployments to Af- Afghanistan. Well, Afghanistan's winding down, but when I was in command, we were still sending people to Afghanistan and Iraq. They're going to hit the ground, you know, receive this platoon of, of 40 soldiers, and it may, you know, a lot of them deployed right away. So it was incumbent upon us to train them as quickly as we could. And a lot of these, you know, they're, they're 22 years old, a majority of them, they're, they're very young. And so uh, we got really good at developing their leadership ability and focusing on being confident. There was a lot of like, um, this, the breadth of knowledge was is there and you can learn a lot of these. A lot of these guys are very book smart. But what I wanted to get, what instill in them is to be confident in themselves because they're going to have to lead and plan, but you can create the best plan in the world. But if you can't deliver and articulate yourself confidently to these enlisted uh, that soldiers that have been in the army, probably have multiple deployments under their belt, these seasoned non-commissioned officers, they're not going to follow the plan. And the plan's going to go to hell in a handbag and people are going to get hurt or killed. That was one of my like, you know, like getting my instructors and cadre, like how can we develop grit and confidence and resiliency in these young officers? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, how does do hard things, right? You know, when it comes to that, instilling some grit, confidence, you know, what it, do hard things, it's your podcast, it's your mantra, you know, why, why is that so important to you? Yeah. So at a very early age, if we can you know, go back in time, uh, I came from a, a broken home. I'm first generation American. The, I guess the long and short of it, I, I, I was basically in a broken home in an adopted family that, there's a lot of physical and emotional abuse. And at a very early age, there was something in me. I had a drive that I just knew I needed to get out of this situation. And there was something better. Didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew that there was a way. And it kind of started off with this. I was a paper boy. I I lived in a town called Clarksville, Missouri. It's about an hour north of uh, St. Louis, Missouri town. It's the highest point on on the Mississippi river. And it like, 12 years old, I started shucking newspapers. I rode my bike every day after school, six days a week. And here in the Midwest, we get, you know, hot weather, we get extreme cold weather. But I just kind of, I worked and I knew that if I just leaned in on this, I wouldn't be home. I'd have some pocket change to buy my school clothes or Nintendo game. I started mowing yards and that was tough to do it every, as a 12 year old, like you've got 12 year olds now, like my, my kids are 13 and we're like still setting up play dates. We didn't have that. You know, you, the, uh, you'd leave in the morning and when the lights came on in the in the evening, the street lamps, that, that's when you knew it was time to come home and check in. The Absolutely. world is a different place now. But I learned that I, I just kind of felt like by working and leaning in and doing these things, I didn't have like parents that were supporting me or like, you need to get out there. I, I did it on my own because I knew that there was something to this work ethic and this discipline that was going to lead to a better life. And what it ultimately led me to do, I, I ultimately met my cross-country coach who invited me out to cross-country practice. I got into running and that can, my, my fitness from riding my bike up this hill every day, you know, uh, six days a week, really enabled me to be a good runner. And so when I joined the team for the first time in my life, I had a, a coach, someone that forced me to kind of raise my ambition, who believed in me, who, who taught me some basic foundational things. And it motivated me to get my grades up and be a part of a team. We had a really good cross-country team. And, and that kept me focused on my, my – I knew that joining the military was going to be my, my way out of this situation. And so all of those things, I developed uh, – continually to develop grit and discipline by running because cross-country running and track is hard. Running is not – a lot of people don't like to run. It's a Absolutely. very difficult – it requires discipline to do it and to do it well. And all of those things translated well into the military and the military enabled me to like close the the earlier chapter of my life, which was a very tumultuous upbringing. And so to this day, like I still apply those principles to my life because they've been my handrail of success, leaning on these difficult self-imposed struggles, having meaningful pursuit. And so I do this now, like through I'm doing 75 hard, which is a program that's designed to develop discipline and grit. I'm training for a 140-mile bike uh, gravel race. And I do these events. I put myself in these situations because it bleeds over into the unknown struggles that are going to come in my life. And they keep me balanced and centered. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what – I mean, some of those struggles – so in the – 
difficulties of your childhood? Like what are, what are some lessons that kind of burned into that time? Right. So you came out of that, you, you learned some lessons, transition, what just, what are some things that you just kind of learned at that era of your life that, that are still serving you today? Uh, what are the lessons learned? Well, one leaning in on doing difficult and challenging things, the importance of having a coach and a mentor, because that really having that interaction with my cross country coach, I didn't know that I could make it, you know, out of, I didn't, I, it was very, it could have been very easily uh, for me to get caught up into drugs and alcohol. And statistically, I should not have made it out of the situation that I was in. So looking back, having the, the importance of having a coach and a mentor and, and something, someone to believe in and being part of a team to help you raise your ambition is incredibly important. You need to be running with people that are a little bit better than you and have a vision that's, that makes you a little bit uncomfortable because uh, you're going to rise up to that level. And I've seen that throughout my military career as well. And uh, so that's one of the big things. Also, having, uh, not having a, a father uh, in, in my life, I was very reluctant to have kids. And I was blessed with triplet 13-year-old daughters. And what I learned is by seeing things, you can learn a lot of life lessons by seeing things that are not right. Because uh, that's, I didn't, I, I didn't have, uh, I didn't have a role model to follow, but I did know how I felt through absence and all the emotional and physical abuse. Right. And I knew that those things were bad. And so what can, what would I want in a father for my, and I really thought about that. What would I want my father to be like? And I try to emulate that and be that to the best of my ability. I fall short, but it's a far, it's a far cry from what I had. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And, and, and that's the thing I think, you know, most people need to hear, right. There's this, I don't know, maybe it's because of the social area, the era of this information age where everyone's just portraying perfection, perfection, perfection. And it's it's just not real, right? I mean, you see, everyone gets online and they just feel, some people feel terrible about their own situations. And you just, you always got to remember, like, that's the highlight reel, you know, that's the highlight reel. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes, you know, and so on. And, and, and but people see that stuff and they feel this this imperfection. And now and, and it gets in their head, you know, and I think that's important that you say, right, we're, we're all right, working on ourselves on our lives and period, none of us have this thing perfect, you know, and, and it's an example of, right, you, you find people that set a good example, I think, I think setting examples, the most powerful leadership trait, right, like set the example. I mean, it's, it's in the, in the Marine Corps leadership principles, I learned it, you know, Shortly after my time on the Yellow Footprints myself, but, you know, that's the one that just always stuck to me because it's probably what I've seen, one of the most powerful ones. And it's, it's both ways, right? It's someone setting a good example and then someone setting a poor example so that you can learn what not to do, right? It, it, you know, it's, that is just as equally powerful, right? I think, you know, so you seeing what type of father not to be, right, uh, has, has served you. And I've seen that with, with leaders, you know, I've had really good leaders to emulate and I've had really toxic leaders that, you know, I was like, Oh, that made me feel bad. I'm not going to do that to my people. You know, I, I you know, so it, it goes both, both ways. And I think it's important to know, you, you mentioned it a minute ago. Uh, so often we're all comparing ourselves to everyone's highlight reel on social media. And as I coach people and as I talk to people, both in the military and coaching clients and, so many people struggle with that. They, they fear that uh, they're just not measuring up to everyone else and it rattles their confidence. Uh, they feel a lot of judgment, like a lot of negative emotions. And what I've learned is that every single person on this earth has a challenge of some kind or a struggle or a trauma or something that they're dealing with of some kind, of some kind. And everyone has that. And I think that's you know, whether you believe in God or the universe, I think that's a, I think that's part of the human dynamics that we're given these challenges to overcome. And if you go on social media, you think it's a perfect world. I think it's why people feel so unsettled right now. And I would just have people just be cautious of comparing yourself and contrasting with those that are on social media, because no one, even as I work with, you know, uh, coaches, high caliber coaches who appear to have it all together, deep down, I've learned that they don't. They, there's something, there's a skeleton in the closet or there's, they have that their thing that they're dealing with. So you're not alone. You right. know, whatever it is that you're going through, uh, someone out there, 
some of you probably know. They probably doesn't appear like they're going through it. Is going through it. Yeah, and and I think you know, in your personal circle, right? Sometimes just stuff just hits you, and you find out. What, maybe it's friends, and you go all of a sudden out of the blue. It's like you know, me and Bob are getting a divorce. Like, what? <laughs> what the? What do you mean? You know, I just saw your pictures on vacation last week. You know, you know, it's that yeah. type of stuff. But you're right. You never know what's going on. And I think you yeah. know, one of the big lessons to, that I've had to mature into in learning that is. No, you know, you never know what someone's going through, right? And uh, just always being empathetic to just who you're dealing with, period, right? You know, you know, you, you run into these characters that just run around. It's like the the world evolves around them, right? And they they just treat people as such. And in 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 learning that lesson, right, that everyone's dealing with their crap, you know, you just when you get hit with that and whatever, so you know. That's one thing I try to do just, you know, improve just my, it's, this is for me, right? To just know that I'm, when I'm smiling at the, you know, checkout gal or whatever and asking how their day's going and, and treat them because you never know. And I would rather err on the side of they're having a bad day and I have opportunity to bring a smile into it or something than the contrary, right? You know, it's a, just a, a good way that serves you well. You know, I, I don't know. It's just me. Absolutely. You never know what people are, uh, are going through and kind of going back on that, you know, and I don't know if you want to get to that in this part of the podcast, but I, I, I felt for many years that I was playing a character. I was hiding a lot of my own deep depression and my own demons from a broken childhood to army deployment things. And, you know, when you make to a certain rank in the military, you know, you're expected to perform at a very high level and you're, you know, there's, you've got a role model the way like, but, and I, and I grew up in a, in a culture where, you know, seeking help early on in the military was frowned upon and that was ingrained in me. And, you know, as you, as you know, uh, the suicide rate in the military for those that are currently serving and, uh, veterans and even our society as a whole uh, is, is uh, there's a lot of people playing characters. Sure. And I was there, I have done that. I've played that character and I had got to that point where I wanted to end it all. And had I done that, I know it would have taken everyone by surprise, but I, I was there. I had those thoughts, but I chose because of my daughters, like I, that's the easy way out. And I can't do that. And having experienced suicide from other service members that I had served with and even a family member. You know, I, I tell people this all the time. I can compartmentalize a car accident as tragic as it is, or someone dying of disease or someone dying in combat, but a suicide, especially one that uh, you just, you didn't pick up on the signals. Like you got blindsided by it uh, is absolutely horrendous. Like absolutely. it's just amplified tenfold because it's so unnecessary. And I knew it that when I got to that point that, hey, I needed to seek some help. And it took a lot of courage for me and a lot of, to, to, to deal with that. Um, and it had a, a lot of work that had to be done. But, uh, you know, there's so many people out there that are playing characters that are, that are, you know, not dealing with their demons. And what, you know, someone out there listening to this that's in that dark place, right? Coming from your experience, you know, seeing the light on the other side of that darkness, let's say, striving for, what, what, what would you tell that person that, I mean, what do they need to know about, you know, they're, they're, they're afraid what someone might think, you know, they're, they're just, they, they don't think there's a solution. What's, you know, what do you tell someone like that from your experience? What, what, what do you think might've helped you or did help you maybe to, to crack that code? I, I mean, I personally just got to a point like my number one responsibility, the greatest leadership role that I have is obviously outside of the military is my, my daughters. Right. right. And I've got to lead by example there. And I knew that my, my frame of thinking wasn't right. And what I, what I had learned and I had talked to at this point, there had been other leaders in my life that the, that dynamic of, of has started to, to chip away a little bit. And I started looking at some of the leaders that I really respected and they were openly talking about, seeking help and being vulnerable. And as I have gone through this and seen the impact and knowing how it's affecting our society, not only the organization that's near and dear to my heart, but our society as a whole, I think you want to level up as a leader, as far as confidence, be more vulnerable. I think being a vulnerable leader is far more impactful because we are all dealing with struggles. And when you can 
as a leader say that, hey, I don't know what the answer is. Not I need to I need help here. I think people see that and I think people respect that. And since then, I've been far more open uh, about talking about that because I think it's important to talk about so that people know that they're not alone. Because like you said, the 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 noise from social media is so loud and it just seems like we live in this altered uh, reality where it's just not it's not true. (laughs) And there are a lot more people struggling than we realize. And there's people taking their lives every day and they're not dealing with their, their depression and they need to, and there's therapists out there. There's, there's, you know, organizations that that can help. And I think it's from a leadership standpoint, being vulnerable is a very courageous thing to do. And I think that if you're dealing with something, it's incumbent upon you to deal with that. You got to take care of yourself. When you take care of yourself, you show up as a better version, a better leader for everyone else around you. Absolutely. And I, I think to the leaders out there, right, you know, back to the know this, right? Know that you don't, you might not know what's going on in your people's life, but you, you should seek to know what's going on in your people's lives, right? I mean, there there's the opportunity, right? If you've got weekly or some sort of routine one-on-ones with your direct reports that you can ha- open that door and say, hey, how's everything going? Oh yeah, well I got here, did, did my job. No, no, no. How's everything going, man? You know what's what's good? What's going on good with you? Is there anything hold you back? Anything, you know, just showing that you care. You know, and I think, and you're right, man. I think in the military, there, there's just this, there is sometimes this ego in there, this persona that that's trying to be maintained. Like I'm, I'm hard. I can't show any weakness. And look, you can be hard, but it, but from to to the leaders out there, you, you should know, like. Because your your power, your power of influence, right? You know, again, your your as a leader, your words have more power than you know, right? As an influencer, your words have power, and um, so when you come down hard, you know, as hey, you shouldn't have any problems. You should be tip top. You should be perfect, right? That's one, maybe not helping in those situations. You don't know what's going on. And, but two, uh, you know, having these times where you give the opportunity to your troops or your staff, direct reports, whatever, to kind of speak up, you know, so you can seek to understand what's going on, you know. Uh, and I think that's that's a, that's another, I think, powerful thing. Like, you know, what's it? Probably some Stephen Covey or something, right? Seek first to understand, then to be understood, right? <laughs> I can tell you, you know, young, full of piss and vinegar, Sergeant Walls. I didn't seek to understand anything, right? It was, it's just bring the hammer, you bring the hammer. But, you know, as I grew up, you know, that's 20 year old sergeant, right? You, you don't know any better then. But as I matured in my own leadership, yeah, you know, I've learned to check that, right? You know, something's, somebody's late, you know, someone's not squared away. Like, look, man, seek to understand what's going on. Don't just assume they're, you know, I don't know if they, in the military, but we call it, don't, don't just assume they're a shit bag, right? Like what, what, What's going on? Hey, how, is there anything holding you back? Why can't you be on time? Why can't you get your gear squared away? You know, why can't you, you know, it may be training. It may be they need help. It, it, you know, again, it's just, I, I, I just can't emphasize enough. Leaders, you have so much power, you know, and you got to wield it in the right way um, because you might save someone's life, frankly, you know, with all the suicide rate going on. Absolutely. I always ask people, you know, what are you excited about in life right now? You tell me something about work. I don't care about that PowerPoint presentation. Or that project. <laughs> what are you excited about in life right now? Like what's going on with you? Cause we're more than just, you know, cogs in a wheel showing up and, and, you know, pumping out work that we have, we have bigger aspirations than that generally. And, um, people have lives outside of the work that they do. And, uh, I think it's incumbent upon us as leaders to know our people, so you can, when they have problems, they have issues, you can address them better and coach them through, you know, those, uh, those, those, those tough times. You know, I know we, we emphasize leadership versus management in the military because leadership is a very holistic approach. It's not yeah. just the nine to five activities. It's the, how are you doing as a person? You know, if you're having financial issues, if you're struggling, cause there's no shortage of people that are having issues in the military with the, the deployments and the things it's, you know, but how, so it's the total soldier concept, you know, as I apply this to my coaching and whatnot, and I'm, I'm talking to my clients, you know, I, I approach it the, the same way. Like, how is your life? How is things going in your life, in your world? And I think that experience from the military has enabled me to do that uh, really well. It's it, cause it, the transitioning into coaching 
uh, has been very seamless because of the nature of the military and uh, the leadership development and how personal that, that we get. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's important. Hi, everyone. Dale here. I want to take a quick break to invite you to join us at lionsguide.com. Have you ever struggled to show up as your best when you really needed to most? Have you ever stared at your week and you just wondered, how the heck am I going to fit all this in? Or worse, have you come to the end of your week and asked, how come you didn't get done what you wanted to? Or maybe have you ever struggled to gain influence at work or home? Or have you felt as if you are a productive person, but you really don't know where you're going or what you want? So the distractions of social media or maybe Netflix take over your day. If any of that sounds like you, I want you to know that you're not alone and invite you to visit us online at lionsguide.com and subscribe to the Lions Guide newsletter or maybe even download some of our free guides to help you on your journey. The time is now to transition to the next level in your performance and personal growth and have some joy in life. Visit lionsguide.com and subscribe today. You owe it to yourself and those most important to you to be the best version of you. Don't lose any more time. Subscribe today. I can't wait to see who you're going to become. And now back to the show. Why coaching for you, right? So you're 23 years, you're transitioning out of the military. Um, you've earned your certified high performance coaching certification. You've got clients, you've got group, you've got all these great things going on. Why, why that? What, what, what made you kind of pick this path? Yeah. So going back to that dark spot in, in my life, I was approaching the end of my career and you get to a certain point in your career where you're just more shuffling paperwork and information and feeling, um, I don't know, I just had a, a myriad of feelings, marriage not going so well. I didn't know what my next chapter was going to be, what my next mission was going to be, but I knew it was coming to an end and I felt very unsettled. And part of seeking out therapy was also personal development. I, you know, like so many people got caught up in, in negative habits, like, you know, excessive video game playing, uh, probably drinking a little bit too much. And I started uh, consuming a lot of like uh, news and uh, talk radio to a point where like, you know, things that, that are happening in DC would just like piss me off. And I'd be like, take it out on the kids. And like, I really started to analyze like, you know, why am I feeling irritated? Why did, why am I pissed off all the time? Why am I feeling this way? What are the habits aside from therapy of the, the, the leaders that I respected most in life, not just the military, but just in life in general. And they all read, they, they were well read and I wasn't a reader. And so I started reading, I picked up a book called the slight edge from my beach body coach, Scotty Hobbs. Um, and I started reading the book and it's about your basic habits. So I did an inventory on how I spent my time and I committed to reading 10 pages of a personal development book. Cause it talks about that in the book commit. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to do that. I'm just going to read 10 pages every day. And, um, you know, reading good books instead of listening to talk radio and arguing politics, uh, looking at my social circle and who I spending time with, you know, getting rid of the video games and doing more like endurance sports and bike riding and things like that. All of those things started to slowly, I went from like every day being a bad day to like, okay, maybe I was having a bad week. Uh, and then and it started, I started having like some good days and the bad days started dwindling down into maybe a handful of days and then maybe a day here or there. And now it's to a point where like I have bad moments maybe a bad day here and there, but it's not like every day was a bad day. And a lot of that had to do with personal development. So the personal development, I, there's like a ladder or a mountain you'd climb, right? So you start off by reading books and that leads to podcasts and then, you know, mastermind groups and then group coaching and then one-on-one -on -one coaching and therapy is great, but I think I really got fired up in life by coaches who forced me to raise my ambition. I started thinking back in my life, like, man, my first cross country coach, like he really got me fired up. And I'm like, you know what? I've been doing this in the military for a long time. I, I have a knack for getting people excited and motivated to do things. I want to be a coach. <laughs> so I went to High Performance Academy and uh, Brendan Bouchard, you know, he, he rolled out his coaching platform and he, to me, he's, he's among the best, right? He's the best of the best. And like, I'm going to do anything. We're going to go all in. And I was hesitant at first because I'm like, man, it's, it's a lot of money. We're going to do this thing. We're going to, we're going to check it out and do it. So I, I, you know, I bet it all in black and here I am. And I feel like I have found my way. Like I found my next mission and my calling because I can take all the principles of my life and my leadership lessons that I've learned in the military and help people take command of their life. Because I think that's what people need. They just need to know that they're not alone. I think that I am, 
Uh, I have a lot of like uh, degrees and certifications and all that crap. But I think the biggest things that I bring to the table are the lessons that I've learned. I've had failed marriages. I've been to war. I've been, you know, horrible with my finances. I've spent, uh, uh, you know, horrible amounts of time on video games and crap and feeling like depressed and wanting to end it all. I know what that feels like. I've been there. So I think that I'm very qualified in so many different ways to help other people. And it just makes me happy. Like I bring, it brings me so much joy to see someone overcome something to teach. I was an instructor as well. And to teach a concept and see them put that to use in their life and see how it radically changes their life. Nothing more, nothing brings me more joy than that. And I just want to help people to avoid the pitfalls that I, that I fell into. Right. I mean, is that's the power of coaching. I mean, yeah. And again, it's, it does take an ego check, but it is recognizing that you can get so far by yourself, right? Um, and at a minimum, coaching can be perceived as outsourcing uh, your path to the next version of you, right? You could sit down and try to figure out, you know, what the next version of you, what you've got to do, how you can push yourself or whatever. Um, or you can find a coach that can push you, right? And I mean, uh, you know, I, this is new to me from a coaching perspective. I would say I've been I've been fortunate to go through a lot, um, but it's only been recently that I've gotten involved with any kind of coaching or prescribed framework and stuff like that. And you know, look, I always read books, but still, at the end of the book, it's up to me, right? You know, I've still got to change. I've still got to push. I've got no one knowing. Hey, I read this book and I wanted to do this but I haven't done it yet. No one knows that but me, right? So, but when you have a coach who's challenging the way of thinking, you know, asking you, what is the next step? What are you trying to do? What, what are you having struggles with? Like, you know, those are very overgeneralized versions of, of what we take clients through, right? But man, it's so thought provoking and, and you just get these breakthroughs of, man, I've never thought about that, you know? And I really should. And, and you know, you just break through or, or you find yourself going farther than you would have gone on your own, right? It, it's, I think a coach brings the value of getting you out of your comfort zone as well, right? Like, cause again, if it's just you, you know, you can hide in your little comfort zone and you might push the boundaries a little bit and whatever, but uh, that coach is going to pull you to that next level. And, and I, I think it's just, I agree. It's, it's, it's it, very powerful. Um, and I, that for me personally, I had to check my ego. Like when I was just kind of like, because I never had it. I, I mean, I've had various influences, but never really like a coach or a mentor. And I remember at yeah. time, like like you, I didn't really have a ton of involvement with my father growing up. So the military kind of served as a father figure. Um, and I would say I was envious at times when I would. I, I remember I had a, a sales exec or someone, and and we were rode into a sales call, and he was like, "Yeah, I was talking to my mentor about this issue I have," and I'm like. Mentor? What do you mean you got a What's a mentor? I thought I was your mentor. I'm your boss, you know, but, but I, I was kind of like envious, like, man, you've got someone you can call, you know, and talk to about crap you're going through. So yeah. what you were, you were going to say? Life coach. And I still, when I hear life coach, it sounds so cheesy, right? It sounds cheesy. And I think for the longest time I heard of life coaching, like that's a bunch of crap. It's <laughs> cheesy, right? Uh, but as I've gotten into this and I've seen the power of it, it's just like a sports coach, right? We all associate coaches with sports. Having that vantage point and previous experiences, you know, the, the coach is like, hey, shortstop, move to the right three feet. You're going to because he understands the w- w-. it's just a different perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why it's it's just like having a sports coach in your life. And I remember being in high performance academy and Brendan's like, hey, all my you know certified high performance coaches stand up. And I, and I, this is how short-sighted I was and probably speaks to my ignorance a little bit, but I, I remember seeing these younger, like 20 year old guys standing up and I'm like, what life experiences does he have that he's going to help me out? You know, look at, I've been to war, I'm, you know, ego, right? <laughs> and, uh, when I went to the certification, because every time we do, we do certification, they bring back the other coaches to recertify. That's how ignorant I was. The, it's not about the individual. Yes. Everyone has life experiences, but it's also about the process and the curriculum. That's why I think high performance coaching is so powerful because we're connected with so many other coaches and the curriculum itself and the tough questioning. Every session that I've been through, there's always an aha moment, even with the younger guys who I initially, my ego is like, you know what? I've done so much more than this kid. 
what I learned, that's my own ego in the way. And I, I, I still get an aha moment, you know, and he's challenging me. Right. Right. Cause in our, our line of coaching and we, we're bold, we, we call people out on their bullshit and we really get in there to force people to raise their ambition. And I noticed that about the, especially the military coaches we probably do that. It definitely stands out a little bit more energetic or quicker to call people out of their bullshit, but all the coaches in our network do that. And um, so that was my own ignorance and my own ego uh, feeding that. But the power of coaching is absolutely incredible. And like you said, you can read a book and a podcast, but when you get connected with other people on the same journey, like in a group coaching environment, or you have a coach that you're dealing with directly, man, it really does move the needle in your life. And um, had I known about the power of this, I would have gotten a coach way earlier in life. I just didn't know. And right. there's there's not that many coaches out there in comparison to the population that, that is here. So I think the more people that are engaged with coaching, um, it can really help some a lot of people out, which is why I want to be one. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I call it indirect leadership, right? You know, yeah. you're not directly in charge of these people, right? We'll, stick, we'll go military terms. You're not directly in charge of them, uh, but you are indirectly leading them through, uh, you know, a, a coaching platform, right? You're challenging them. You're challenging them. Uh, you're, you're challenging them to find their potential and live up to it, right? Uh, and you're right. The breakthroughs um, – you know, because the, you hit the word, right? It's perspective. You got the coach on the sideline that sees what you're doing wrong and might check you, you know, in, in, a, in a respect respectful way, right? Like, it's just, yeah. that was, uh, you know, I remember uh, going through the certification. You were in one of those group things. And that was one of my concerns, right? I was like, I got a client, right? Hypothetically, I got a client. How do I, you know, how do you push them, right? And I was... Yeah, you were the first one. I was like, I call them on their bullshit. <laughs> I was like, yeah. all right, well, there we go. And um, yeah. but but yeah, you, I knew you were military at that point, so I was like, okay, well, here's here's a hard charger. So I know why he would say that, right? Call them on their bullshit. But the whole program was that you're paid to push. Yeah. You're paid to push. You're paid to yeah, push. Yeah. And- I I love that aspect of it because I think that's what makes the coaching so powerful is being able to have someone that's going to call you out because. You can go out with your friends and, and bend their ear and they might be like, well, you know, it's okay. You got this going for you, blah, blah, blah. Now, sometimes you need to hear it like, no, you're screwing up. This is where you're screwing up. How can we get over this and, and, and move on uh, from this? And that's what I love about the power of coaching. It's like having that someone to come in your life like, no, man, you're screwing up. Especially like for me as a leader in the military where, you know, I'm higher up. I don't, I've got my bosses. It gets a little lonely at the top. Yeah. So having that, you know, someone to come in and be like, no, man, you, you need to, do, you really need to take a look at this because a lot of people are doing just that. They're trying to appease the boss and, you know, and, and so that's why the coaching is really good to call, call you out on your bullshit. Cause everyone's got bullshit they're dealing with or <laughs> screwing up somewhere or they can improve somewhere. Uh, man, I made so many fast friends because I think it, you know, going through uh, the training and certification where, because you're right. It, when you're driven, Right. It can be a lonely feeling because not a lot. Of, look, we are so far as, as in humanity. Right. We're the wealthiest we've ever been in, in the history of, of humans that we know. Uh, things come so easy. So I feel there, there's certainly there's driven people out there. But it seems like they're getting sparingly, right? Like we're, we're just everything's just so easy, attainable. Uh, so these comfort zones are pretty large that people find themselves in. So if you're striving, right, to push yourself, go do these long runs, go do these crazy things that you hit it. It's, it's a bit lonely, right? Like yeah. yet, yet, there's not a lot of people that are thinking like that. So when you find them, you're like, Oh man, what's your name? What's you, know, you just got, kind of start hooking up with them because you yeah. know, it, it is lonely and a coach kind of brings that dynamic that you can uh, get into. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, with regard to that, and I think I think a good point uh, to hit on because you you talked a little bit about therapy, and we've talked a little bit about coaching, and you know, coaching is not therapy, right? It's um, you know, the thing about it for for listeners who haven't experienced you know coaching per se, like therapy is look if you need therapy, you got stuff to work out, hey, go go do that. The difference with coaching, however, is coaching is very future oriented, right? We're we're not going to dig into analysis of your past and, you know, why you're still, you know, dreaming about your girlfriend that broke up with you in high school and whatever, whatever, whatever's still plaguing you. Right. Um, we're going to talk about the new you, right. That future you, that best version of you. Right. Is that, 
how, how do you see it? Yeah, absolutely. It's like going, you know, therapists go back and unlock, they take their training to deal with the traumas of the past so you can unlock what happened in the past so you can function better in the present and hopefully have a brighter future. I think we as coaches, we take the future and bring it into now. Like, how can we get to where you want to go? You know, I don't know why daddy didn't love you. I'll, you know, I got a good therapist. You can go over there and figure that out. But what are we, we going to do now? <laughs> you know, what's that got to, you know, let's get you to where you truly want to be. How can you become more productive? How can you get your energy level up? How can yeah. you gain more influence and be, you know, take more bold action so you can live the life that you were designed to live and that you truly want to live and to be happier, right? And some of that may require, you know, therapy work. And, you know, when we get to that point, I was like, hey, you may want to go unpack that. I'm not able or qualified to deal with that. But here's what we can do. Let's work on these goals together. And how can we get to that end? And so there is a, a, a big difference in that. And I think it's important for people to know that. It really is. It's, it's, it, look, there, it's just it's something too, like it, therapy or not, whatever. Yes. If you got stuff to unpack, great. Go get a therapist, but like just dwelling on the past, right? Like if, if you're, if you're spending energy focused on the past, guess where that energy is not going, right? Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. It, it's not going towards the future. And that's, that's, that's where your best bet is, man. Like all that time you spend, you know, heartaching about, age old things. Right. Uh, and look, we, again, we're all perfectly human. We have all done it. Yeah. We all do it, you know, but, uh, you know, checking yourself to say, Hey man, turn the page, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. She broke my heart or I screwed up. Right. And yeah, yeah we all screw up. What are we going to do now? That's what, that's what matters. So, you know, and I joke about the daddy didn't love anything, but it's, it's true. Everyone has something that they probably need to go back and unpack of some kind. And that's what therapists are, are trained to do. And, uh, you know, I think, I think for me, it's been incredibly powerful to have a coach and a therapist. I definitely look forward to my coaching with, with, uh, sessions with my coach more than my therapist because therapists, we always go back to this. Oh man, we're wading through stuff. I had my therapy yeah. session yesterday. Right. We're wading through stuff, you know, from Iraq and it, man, it just brings out like so many bad memories. Right. But, sure. But we're unlocking things so I can function better and not go back to that dark place again. So that that's why that work is important. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, if there's something that you need to unlock, definitely go invest the time and effort in a therapist. And, uh, you know, high performance coaching isn't for everyone, but uh, I think that a lot of people can definitely benefit from it. If they Absolutely. Get an chance. So uh, something that certainly as a parent that rung out to me, right, you know, raising triplets. I mean, raising triplets. <laughs> what what the heck? Yeah. Like, how, how how do you survive that? What what's the? How do you do? Yeah, it? that's um and and you know I'm I'm single parent of triplets, so I get them every other week. Uh, we we got divorced about a uh, with their mom like a year and a half ago. We're very cordial, but it's a it's been a challenge. Like I, you know, not knowing. I remember the day that I found out we were having triplets. Uh, I was a recruiter at the time. I left the the. Um, I was at high school with Buddy, and uh, I went to the um, uh, where they do the ultrasound, and uh, you know I met my ex-wife there, and um, I remember you know she was there, I was there, I saw the computer screen, never saw the drill before, but I knew you know I, I've seen people with their photos, so I kind of saw that image up on the screen, but I remember seeing like scrolling of some kind, like the the, the image was kind of scrolled over. I'm like okay, it just it's like okay noted, uh, and then he's like okay here's your here's your daughter. And here's your daughter's sister. He, so he scrolls over one and he goes over one more and like, Oh, and by the way, here's the third one. <laughs> and we had had issues before with like miscarriage. So uh, the immediate thought was like, we look at each other like, Oh, this isn't going to end well. Cause she, my ex had an autoimmune disease. And so there's some complications. And, um, and I remember like thinking like, okay, well, if it does come to fruition, then what? And I, I remember being, I, I was like in shock. Like I was like, white as a ghost. I remember going back, to work to meet up with my buddy. And he's like, man, what's going on with you? And I was just kind of like in a day's super stupor, like my, my life is over. Like how I, how I envisioned it. You know, I didn't want to have kids. I was like going to be very selfish. I didn't know, you know, I didn't have a father and, uh, but they've been the greatest blessing. I've learned so much from them. I got really good with time management because I, I did necessity. I had to get really good with time management and you know, the early years were tough. And then we went through like, you know, ages three to 
10 and now they just turned 13 and now we're hitting this hormones and the teenage years and it's been a real challenge. I, <laughs> I was talking to somebody this morning about this. I, I get frustrated because I'm like, you know, at work, I'm very influential. I'm a coach. I have, you know, I'm influential with my podcast and social media. I can influence so many people to do great things, right? But I can't influence my daughter to make her bed or put the dishes away without attitude, you know? And it's like, it's so, it's the most difficult leadership challenge that I've ever had, but I love them tremendously. And they, I learned so much uh, about myself. So all of these principles and habits that I've learned from High Performance Academy about managing my day and influence and courage, you know, I, Courage. I had to go buy maxi pads at the store not too long ago. And I took a photo of it because I was laughing about it. Like, oh my God, I got all these messages. Like, oh my God, my husband would never have the courage to go do that. I'm like, well, this is, you know, this is life, right? Right. Um, so all of those things are just, they're fun, but every day is a, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle, at least lately anyway. It's a time management key. What What's some other keys to Energy, yes. getting the energy up because not only do I got to like, you know, get up and go to work, I got to get them to soccer practice, do all of these things, you know, and I got to role model the way. Right. Um, you know, applying influence one in the influence model, right? We talk about there's there's like three things, right? You got to acknowledge someone, you got to understand their ambition, you got to have effect to influence someone. Having that model enables me to like, okay, how do I acknowledge the struggles that they have? I've never been a 13 year old teenage girl, you know, but here we are in COVID. They got divorce. You know, there's divorce involved. There's like all these things and truly trying to understand them so I can influence them better. Right. And then their ambition, like they're all completely different human beings. Um, my one daughter is really into uh, uh, what's it called? They're, they're called mangas or like, it's like a Japanese fiction novels, graphic, like Japan animation. I don't know if that's a proper term. Sure. Uh, she's really into that. And I don't understand it at all. It's so out of my wheelhouse, but she loves it and she's drawing and she's really good at it. So trying to understand and, and stoke that ambition, you know, and uh, trying to encourage them. And what I've learned is that uh, although I had a perception of what I wanted them to be, I wanted them to be like track runners and cross country runners, and they're going to join the military and be just like dad they're their own human being. And I have very limited, there's that nature versus nurture. Nature is powerful. <laughs> and that nurture is a very small, what I've learned is a very small equation of that. But having some of these principles enables me to show up better, I think, and, and get through this uh, uh, very difficult leadership challenge that I have in my life. <laughs> but you got to get through it, right? There's no way. Yeah, yeah. It's the only way through it is through it, right? That's awesome. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. So every day is a new adventure and a challenge, but all of these things, I think it enables me because I didn't have that father figure growing up and understanding these principles give me a handrail. Like, how do I deal with this? And because it's, it's different. I can go to work and like, Hey, I need this done, but people are up and just doing it right here. <laughs> Not in my house. It takes a little bit more encouraging. <laughs> and uh, ask so, yeah, a few times. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I have had said in my house, right? Like, what is discipline? You know, discipline is instant willing obedience to all orders. <laughs> you know, you got to, where's your discipline? You know, but uh, man, yeah. now you're right. Kids are just another thing, but they go to school, right? You know, they go to school and the teachers are like, man, they, they listen, they, 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 they do great. They give you like this other kid. Like it's, you don't, yeah, maybe absolutely. don't even know exists. You're like, what? My, my son, absolutely. my son, he does that and he helps other kids and he does what you tell him. Like, what are we doing here? So there's just like <laughs> dynamic, you know, when it's your significant other or your kids, it's a different dynamic. So I, I, I've learned this even like uh, coaching. I've coached uh, couples, I've coached individually. And the one couple will be wanting, trying to influence the other to do something. We'll have a session and I get them to commit to doing that. Oh, a huge breakthrough. Like, well, I talked to the other guy. I've been trying to get him to do that for years. Like in one session and you get him to do this. What is that? You know, it's that same dynamic when it's your significant other or it's your kids. It's just, you need that outside influence to, I don't know what it is. Maybe too much time. I don't know what it is. Maybe just sure. that automatic. I want to defy you kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot there. Yeah. You know, there's a lot there. The, uh, yeah. so, you know, you mentioned energy. How, how do you keep the energy up? Oh, so what what I have done, I've really been in tune with my energy by doing 75 hard. If you're not familiar with 75 hard, it's a 75 day discipline challenge, five simple tasks. Uh, one task, you got to work out twice a day, one being outside 45 minutes each, Ch choosing a diet, uh, sticking with it, no cheating, no alcohol, 
reading 10 pages of a book, taking a daily photo and drinking in a gallon of water. Um, by doing that consistently, the drinking of the water, eating healthy, I like alcohol and I, what I've realized is that alcohol really does, um, it affects my, dep- it amplifies the depressive moments that I have sure. and it, it brings my energy down. Um, the workouts do it like all of those things, those, those daily disciplined habits, man, when I'm on program, I really feel it. What I love about 75 hearts to choose your own adventure. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. You just got to do those five things. But when I'm on, cause in the last month I'd been off and I was on vacation last week. I really, my energy level really tanked and I'm back on it this week. Automatically my energy level on a scale of one to 10 is probably like an eight where like last week it was probably like a five. And so your body is a power plant. So by, you know, fine tuning it and taking care of it, like an engine, you know, you need coolant, you got to put oil in it, all those things, um, really amplify your energy. And it makes you feel like when you're not feeling good, you're low on energy, you're cranky, right? You're not getting as much done and then you get frustrated. And, um, but when you're energetic, you feel better, your attitude is up, you can get more things done, which may, makes you feel good too. So I think the, the energy level is so incredibly important. And I'm, I'm 43 now and I look at, I want to be a super ager and I know that I've got to eat healthy and I've got to exercise and I've seen people that are my age and I'm like, they can't barely get out and throw a football with their kid, you know? And it, I, it makes me sad and I'm seeing the, the obesity problem in our country. And I'm like, you know, but if you just don't quit, you can age well and be very energetic. I, out in Oregon, uh, I met up with my uh, friend's grandmother who's 74 she hikes like every day and she's training for an El Camino, which is like a 500 mile hike across Spain. She's 74. 74. She's going to fly out this summer by herself and go do this El Camino 500 mile trek across Spain. And I'm like, I want to be you when I grow up, you know, like she's retired. But, and I asked her what the key was really good friendships, taking care of your body and, and eating healthy and exercising. That's how she keeps her energy up. So I just keep doing those things. That's how I want to live my life. It's, it's, it's the only vessel you got, right? Like, Absolutely. you know, and look, you're 43 and yep. you've, what's, what's the hardest challenge you've done? You know, like recently, like over the past few years, like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, so I would think, I, I think, so I'm always in some involved in some kind of race or something that's going to push my mind and my body. So the most difficult challenges that I've done, I think the MR 340, the Missouri River 340, which is what? What is mentally? That is a it's a it's a canoe kayak race on the Missouri River. It's the longest nonstop kayak canoe race in the world. It's in the top National Geographic top 100 adventures. It's a race from Kansas City to St. Louis. You have 88 hours to get there. Um, I've done it solo and in a canoe with a partner. And uh, it's just grueling because it's usually in the summer. You're exposed to the the, the elements. You're basically going 24 hours a day. I think the first time that I did it, you can sleep along the way, but you have 88 hours. And if the reaper, there's a boat that's going really slow. And if he passes you, you're out of the race. Um, when we did it, when I did it uh, with a partner, we did it in 55 hours, got fifth place. We only slept maybe an hour and 45 minutes during that time. And you're just, con- you're burning so many calories. You're out there in the elements. Mentally, that was just grueling. Um, I've also done the dirty Kansas 200, which is a 200 mile bike race, single day bike race. And the, the, and, the uh, Missouri 340, that's 340 miles on of the canoeing. Kayaking, right, yeah, right. Yep. So, yep. yeah. And you're 43 years old and you've got more coming up this year, right? You've got what's ahead of you. Yeah. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing the STB GRVL steamboat gravel that is, and it's a 140 mile race up in uh, steamboat Springs, Colorado on foot. Bike I've done or? a 200 mile bike race before, yeah. but I've never done it at elevation. So sure. the elevation is going to make it uh, a challenge. So that's what I'm currently training for and working on. I'm also going to do a 50 K later in the year run. 50 K. But these things are just to have something to train for. I think as I, I've coached people in the health and wellness space and a lot of people take this mindset of, well, I'm just going to lose, I'm going to do this exercise and lose 20 pounds, or I want to get in a certain size, you know, pant or something like that dress size. But I think, um, what people need to do, if you want that to be sustaining, like you need to embody the mindset of something. That's why like the CrossFit community is so powerful it's because it's like, I'm a CrossFitter. I'm not personally a CrossFitter, but the, when you have that mindset sure. and that culture, you become part of that, you start to think and act and you're around a community of people 
you know, I'm a runner and I'm an endurance athlete. So I'm around, you know, that that's what I do. So when I have to work out, it's to make my performance better for that particular event. And I think when you adopt that mindset, I'm going to, I'm a softball player, I'm a soccer player. And you can do these things well into, you know, as you age. Um, I think it makes it less daunting. And I think that's what people need to do is find something, become an athlete and train like an athlete. Even if you're an amateur athlete, you know, take that mindset. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're talking about identity, right? And, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and let's bring it full circle, right? We started talking about, you know, this identity crisis of comparing yourself to the perfection other people put forth. And, you know, you, you really don't want to compare yourself to someone else's persona, you know, that they're putting out there. You want to come up with your ideal, right? You know, that's why clarity is so important, you know, and being the best version of you is bring clarity to who you <laughs> Who, what's the best version of you? What do they look like? How would they treat this situation? What would they be doing today, right? What would their, right? Like, that's you. It, it, and, and you have all the power in the world to be that identity, right? Like, and, and the beauty of it is today, uh, you got all this bad coming out technology, but the good of it is you can find people like you, you know, who, like you said, uh, there's a community out there, you know, go, go build a new circle that aligns with, that best version of you, right? Like, you know, so, and you've got your community, you know, through the 75 hard stuff, you know, what, how, how's that brought value to you? Yeah. So this just started last year, a ch- uh, you know, one of my friends who's a master sergeant challenged me to 75 hard. And I, I'd like, no, you can't do that. Sounds too hard. You can't do two workouts a day. That was just me. And then I was in, I, I remember I was texting him cause he posted it out there. I was like talking trash to him on Facebook. I was kind of a negative mind space mindset. And uh, I, I walked, I was in this uh, room at building 470 on post. There's no reason that he would be there. Or I should be there together. But I, I walked out and I immediately saw him. Like, okay, well, I guess, I guess that's, you know, thank you, God. I guess that's the universe telling me I need to do this challenge now because I can't resist a good challenge. And uh, so we did it together, a small, a small group of us and uh, had great success with it. Completely gave me so much clarity because um, it, it really, to do this challenge every day for 75 days, you really focus on, you know, doing the five critical tasks and, and, you know, cutting out the BS so you can get these things done. Because if you miss one thing, you got to start over. We really want to get it done. And we're talking smack to each other, having that community of accountability. And then people saw how much we had changed physically and mentally. And then so we started a group. And then right now we've got like 215 people in this very positive group. And uh, we've got new challengers starting all the time. So it's really cool to have a, a positive community on Facebook. I open up my Facebook it's people getting after it. You know, I got my, I got my do hard things cowbell here. So when someone like does something good, I'll go in the group and just kind of ring my cowbell and um, just cheer them on. We have like group calls, like every Saturday morning, we'll do a group team call and just be around positive people that want to be better and who want to level up. And I think, you know, your connections, who you hang out with, very powerful. Absolutely. And so this little challenge has morphed into like a community and I, at the same time, like it started with the coaching and then I started the podcast and now we've got like a, a group around this and I've already had some kind of a following on Facebook, but I was just doing it more for my own self, really selfishly trying to connect with other positive people. But now we're like, you know, creating like a, a legit community around it, which is really cool. Absolutely. No, that is cool. And your circle, your circle is powerful, man. You know, again, that's that, that's that influence that where you put Absolutely. yourself and who you put yourself around, uh, or you say you can uh, run with the turkeys or you can fly with the eagles, they say, you yeah. know, and yeah. uh, it, that is true. Um, true little cliche for you. Um, and, and I knew like when I saw you at like coaching certification, I'm like, okay, this guy, he's my people. I got to, <laughs> I got to navigate. I reached out to you and like, here we are doing podcasts together and connecting. And it's been awesome because we have a lot of commonality, you know, we're on the same mission and there's a lot of uh, similarities that we have. So I appreciate, you know, our, our ability to connect. Yeah, man. No, I, I was, I was flattered that, you know, when, when you were like, Hey man, let's hook up and collaborate, whatever. And I was like, yeah, man, definitely. And I, I mean, I, I, yes. I mean, right. I, I want to like say, be another soldier in this good fight, man. And we got to band yeah. together and go, go help, you know, combat all this noise, all this negativity that's out there. That's, uh, you know, people are, are, you know, it's industrialized, it's commercialized, right. The, you mentioned the media, right. And yeah. everyone just has to know, the media is a business, the business of attention, and they're putting that drama out there to get your attention, to get viewership so that they can get their advertising rates up, right? Like 
you know, when you start to unlock how these things work, how some of these negative influences that drive us crazy and make us mad, you know, on what's yeah. happening on some island somewhere as far away that you never will yeah. go and would have never otherwise known or whatever. And it, man, you, you just, again, back to energy, you dump all this energy into this noise. It's just noise. Turn when you wake off. up in the morning <laughs> and your first post is about uh, the president or the speaker of the house, that's just not a good mental space to be in. That's not how it, you yeah. should start your day, right? <laughs> do I it. was there at one point in my life. I yeah. got really wrapped up into that stuff. And uh, there's a lot of people that are. And I'm just, if that's you, if you're listening and that's you, I, I'm telling you, you really have got to figure out a way to detach from that white noise. And it, you will start to feel so much better when oh, yeah. you do. Immediately. And it's all designed and it's gotten even more powerful and more addictive. Immediately. Look, I'm going to do I'm a quick tip. I'm going to tell everyone my Facebook, I unfollowed everyone. I didn't, I didn't unfriend no, no one, but I unfollowed everyone. And it started with whenever I saw someone post some of this kind of noise out there, like, and I would see it and I would go, man, I really wish I didn't know that about you. Like, I wish you hadn't done that, yeah. man. You know, cause I had, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I, and I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I judge anyone, but I'm just saying like, Back to what we're saying, like the circle, the circle of influence is important. I know that I've learned that. So when I see people like make these big, long rants and go tribal, let's say, look, guys, there's 10% far left, 10% far right. The other 80% of Americans, Americans are ideally all looking for the same thing, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Like the noise and the media and all this stuff, it's, it's just drama. And, and when people get caught up with it, like what I started was... Facebook has a feature snooze for 30 days, boop snooze. Yeah. <laughs> and then realize I, I was like snoozing everyone, you know, especially 2020 I'm snoozing everyone. Um, and then uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to unfollow everyone. And when I want to see what's going on with Johnny or whoever Marine Corps, I'm going to go pull their name up. I'm going to look at them, send them a message, right? I'm a, but, but, but I, I cut that machine off too, you know, it just like yeah. cutting the media off. Um, and now I only follow like that comes in my feed, those influences that I want to hear about that I know is going to bring value, you know, that's not going to be caught up in all this noise. And I, I yeah. highly encourage people, man, like save yourself, you know, turn I it I get off. that time hop app. So I'll go back and I'll see the stuff from 10 years ago. And I'm embarrassed with what I used to post. I'd be doing that, you know, first thing in the morning talking about so-and-so. But about, you know, six years ago, when I, when I went, started to transition my mindset, I started using it to journal my thoughts People are like, you need to journal, you need to write things. I don't like to write things down, but I would use my social media and just, if I had a thought or I got a nugget from that, what I read in the morning, I, would, I wouldn't I would scroll social media, but I would just journal my thoughts and then just forget it. And then what would happen over time is like people would start to appreciate it. And I started connecting with other people that would comment on it. And it's really started to reach people. That's now elevated to like, you know, I'm creating content. I'm still doing that regularly. Now I've got a couple little communities that I can go into that I've created, you know, that are all like positive spaces. But I use my social media for things that I learned, some positivity. I like memes, so to make people laugh. Um, every now and then I'll say something, you know, I'll get riled up about something on the news and I'll throw my opinion out there. But that's, that's very few and far between. But I'm human. Yeah. Um, and that's about it. And that's it's made me feel so much better. And I abstain from trying to engage in that nonsense because it doesn't serve. Not a single opinion that I know has changed from Facebook arguments. Yeah. No, I spent a lot of time doing that, and my opinion never changed, nor did I ever change anyone else's opinion. Absolutely, and you can't. I feel pretty influential. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, the the big things you mentioned, and I know it's across the board for you. uh, But you brought them about you know parenting your your triplets, right? Time management, energy, right? Social. Mm -hmm. The social media suck on your time and your energy. If you just know that and what you're losing the opportunity cost for those look it up if you don't know what opportunity cost is but <laughs> the yeah. opportunity cost of getting sucked in and it's 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 actually yeah there's that, that quadrant it's like you were to draw like uh you know uh, a quadrant on a piece of paper like a big you know t or whatever you want to call it you know you had the the four quadrants you know all that social media stuff is in the fourth quadrant oh, yeah. it's all time wasting it's like potato chips of the mind it's absolutely it it's for downtime to relax, but people get, it's designed to be addicting. And so many people are so caught up on it. And once you start to realize where your time is going, um, you can start to realize like how much time you're spending on it. Boy, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking for ways to cut off the notifications and really minimize that because it's keeping you from being happy. Yeah. And 
it's keeping you from achieving the more important things in life. So I've definitely scaled my social media down in that aspect as far as just, you know, consumption, trying to add more value because it is a great tool. And it's Absolutely. a great way to connect with people. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. Look, you can take your hammer and you can either go build something or you go throw holes in your wall. What do you want to do with Absolutely. it? Right. It's a tool. Technology is a tool. Yep. Yeah. Use it, Absolutely. use it appropriately. Um, so wrapping up here. So, you know, what, if uh, you had to explain to someone, you know, what makes you successful, somebody you're mentoring, you know, what would you tell them? I think what makes, could make any, so here I'm a prime example where I think that uh, leadership can be cultivated and all of these things that we talked about, like energy and influence and courage and confidence, all of these things can be developed if you have a growth mindset, the ability in yourself that you can learn. I always think about the matrix when Neo's going through, he's getting all, you know, like, Ooh, I know jujitsu, like learning all of these things and just leaders are readers. And I've learned that. I, I feel that I'm a late bloomer because very early in my life and even in my twenties, I felt very, not very confident. I felt, um, squandered my time. I didn't have a handle on life, but by reading and engaging with people and having that growth mindset that yes, I can learn something. I may not know the answer now, but I know that I can learn it has really enabled me to be successful, lean in on it, have coaches and mentors, get therapy to unpack these things, do the work that is required, have the discipline to do that work every day and be surrounded by the right people. Uh, and you will see success uh, because I, you know, it, it, as I look back at my life and like who I was younger and, and, and where I'm at now, it's a night and day difference. And I consider myself a late bloomer. So absolutely. That's awesome. I love that. So, uh, Hey, how can people find you? You find me on Facebook, look up JTEGS. I'm also on the internet. I got my website, jtegs.com, J-A-Y-T-I-E-G-S. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm basically on all social media platforms. And I got a podcast. If you like, you know, what Dale's doing here, we got an interview. Go check out Dale's interview. It, that will be dropping at the time of this two weeks from now, uh, which is May. I don't even know what date it is. May it's of coming. 2021. It's, it's episode, coming. It should be episode for 18 or 19. But uh, myself and Dale, we have an interview. So if you like this interview, go check out that interview because that one's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, that's that's where you find me. Awesome. Oh, I also got some stuff on YouTube as well. You got some stuff on YouTube as well. So go look up Jay. Hey, you can never get enough of this stuff. Uh, Jay, thank you so much for making the time, coming on, man. It's awesome, awesome value here for everyone, man. I, I know someone's going to get something out of it. So thank you very much. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to do it again. Sounds good. All right, buddy.